0: Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is Episode 103, John and Wendy talk to Andy Storch. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How's it going tonight, John?
0: I am great, Wendy. I want to briefly, or just take a quick moment, rather, to thank uh, Human Reto for being our sponsor for this episode and for the entire month of February. Really glad to have them on board, and again, appreciate that. Wendy, it's been about a month since Episode 99 came out. Yep. And I wanted to take a moment to quickly explain the musical Easter Egg in that show because <laughs> people have asked they don't really understand it sadly, but I'm going to explain it's, why
1: it's a John joke it, it is joke, an inside a joke
0: a that I did because hey, it's our show, and I edit, and i <laughs> by damn I'm going to put whatever music I want in it. Yeah. so I grew up in Louisville, and as a kid, when the music when the when they did school closings, the local one of the local television stations was affiliated with a radio station. It's WHAS. WHAS is a mega station, what is it like a million watts or whatever? You can literally on a clear night I can hear WHAS radio from Richmond. Oh wow. It, it is a it's old, old radio station. Anyway, they used to use music for their school cancellations during snow closings, right? uh uh-huh. Snow closings, business closings in the '70s when milk wasn't being delivered that day, that would be listed <laughs> on the closings. So anyway, that music is uh, a piece by Chuck Mangione called "Bellavia," and that song for me, as soon as I hear, as soon as I hear it, I think of snow closings and see, being a little kid, bed. being being a little kid, and yeah, wait, you know, six a.m. My parents are both teachers, so they would get up early enough to turn it on to see if their schools were closed or not. And then, of course, if everybody was shut down, we all cheered and everybody had a great time. So anyhow, (laughs) when we started doing the list of names of guests, I immediately thought of Bellavia. And I said, my show, my my editing, I'm putting it in there. I'm hoping that some Louisville people listen, because those that grew up in the 70s, realistically, from the early 70s into the early 90s, they used that music for about a 20 year period on that channel it was the big television station. It was the biggest radio station <laughs> around. And so you knew Bellavia. I texted a couple of friends and said, I'm putting Bellavia in my show. And they started laughing and they said, that's hilarious. You've got to do it. Those of you that didn't understand, or now you can have an appreciation for my sense of humor if you didn't know it already. But yeah, uh, it was yes. fun. And we look forward to reading lists down the road and putting other obscure music to make you guess why we did it.
1: Yeah, I don't have any uh, anything like that because my parents were also teachers, but we were such a small town that it was the phone tree that <laughs> told <you> before it got <laughs> put out onto the news. So yeah, we would uh, we would find out before anyone else, and you know, if the if there had been texting, you know, they never would have had to put it on. <laughs> well,
0: I grew up in a place <laughs> called Oldham County, old Oldham, old literally Oldham okay. County, and there's Owen County, O W E N. When you read them next to each other, if Oldham County wasn't open or if Oldham County was open and Owen County was closed, they would just say Owen County and then say O W E N <laughs> and get everybody upset. So, anyhow,
1: yeah,
0: uh, good old days, right?
1: Good old days Amazing. back in, back in uh, school closings. And well, uh, uh, not to bring up the weather, but we got another storm coming through South Dakota. Oh we might have a school closing tomorrow too. Maybe I'll have to play the music for the girls.
0: It will be their memory. Yes, let's make memories with the girls yes. so we can do that going forward. It's hard to believe it's February when this is right. coming out and that this is our first HR cro- uh, podcast crossover for the year. It I'm is. really it's excited uh, that Andy was able to join us. So yeah. I'm going to let you make the introduction and we will get started.
1: Yeah, sure. Happy, So happy to welcome Andy Storch to the uh, show tonight. He is a talent development consultant, a coach, facilitator, speaker, and connector. He is the host of two podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Andy Storch Show, as well as the founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank Conference. Most importantly, Andy is a husband, father and friend who is on a mission to get the absolute most out of life and inspire others to do the same. So, Andy, we are so excited again to have you on the show. Um, Our first question is always, what is in your glass?
2: Well, first of all, thank you so much to both of you for having me on, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, if not a little bit bewildered, because I thought I came to talk about HR, and here <laughs> we are. Uh, everything's been about snow and obscure music, <laughs> and um, you know, I for, I can relate, by the way, in a couple of ways because my both of my parents are teachers as well, so we've got a lot uh-huh. in common there across the board. Um, but I grew up in Orlando, Florida, where I live now, and uh, we did not have snow days. In fact, I did not even see snow for the first time until I was 25 years old. Oh, um, wow. But uh, but we did have some hurricane days, some big tropical storm days where we got school off. Uh, but I don't know if there was any music for that. I think they just decided uh, that we would take school off. Luckily, after a while, I moved to California, and I eventually experienced some snow and traveled around the world, got into some skiing. Um, but now I'm back in Orlando, Florida, and we still do not have Uh, snow days at all but we did have a a big hurricane that came through or was supposed to come through back in September and our schools were closed for I don't know three or four days Uh, but get back to your question at hand I am drinking a glass of red wine here Uh, it was um, I believe it was called the beast but I don't remember exactly (laughs) what the uh, the varietal is I'd have to refer back to the bottle which is in the other room
1: nice nice
0: Wendy's the wine drinker of this bunch, so kudos, kudos, Andy. How in the world did you get on this path of talent development and, you know, kind of what you're doing now? How did how did you get there?
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's like with most careers, I think it's a long and winding road, and I never would have expected to be here, uh, but you know, I am, and I'm and I'm so excited about it. So, um, I was in the insurance industry, and then I got an MBA uh, and uh, got into consulting, kind of uh accidentally fell into it when a friend recruited me into a really cool concert- consulting firm called BTS, which is uh, a Swedish company. If anybody knows it, they're really focused on strategy execution, um, building custom business simulations, what they're known for. And uh, I got into that and got the opportunity to really travel around the world facilitating workshops uh, for different clients, different companies. And uh, it was something I hadn't done before, but I realized a strength in facilitation and my love for teaching, uh, which I guess I avoided, but like I said, both my parents were teachers, like like both of yours, so maybe it was something that was innate in me. A couple of years ago, I left BTS to uh, join a sister firm called Advantage Performance Group as an independent consultant, and I just decided that I was going to uh, focus on talent development uh, because those heads of talent development, learning and development tended to be the, the typical clients that we worked with uh, in this space, and I was getting into a lot more leadership development stuff. And I wanted to learn as much as I could about what was going on and really build my network there. Uh, and that was where I got the idea to start the podcast, The Talent Development Hot Seat. I had one before about entrepreneurship uh, that was called The Entrepreneur Hot Seat. And I, re- I I saw, as I'm sure both of you have seen with your uh, journey here with the HR Social Hour, uh, how easily it opened doors and allowed me to connect with people that I wouldn't normally get to connect with and how much I learned about entrepreneurship. And so I started this podcast on talent development uh, to do the same thing. And it's been a fantastic journey. It's been uh, almost two years since I started that, uh, over 100 interviews uh, with talent development leaders, both practitioners in-house and, of course, experts, authors, that kind of thing. And uh, I've learned so much about talent development, built a great network, and uh I'm recording this in the evening so you get to hear my kids at the plank in the background as well. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the path.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, it's amazing what podcasting has done as far as, you know, opening doors. Just like you said, I think um, I think I, this was going back in the archives of our podcast. But I think it was uh, Ben Eubanks talked about how, you know, if you go, if you, you contact somebody and you just want to talk to them for 15 minutes, they may or may not give you time. But if right. you invite them on your podcast.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's almost <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody wants amazing. to share their story.
1: Unless Everyone wants to just, be on
2: a podcast. <laughs> yeah, unless they're just too big. Uh, you know, I did. I did put in a submission uh, yesterday on Simon Sinek's website for uh, ah. you know if you want to come on my podcast, and I got a a polite no from somebody on his team. <laughs> um, but for the most part, uh, you know, people are are eager to tell their story. They have yeah. stuff to share. They don't have their own podcast, so um, they're, they're eager to get on yours. And I found, you know, with video technology like we have, like we're using today and I use zoom for everything. You're able to build a personal relationship with people from afar and really get to know them. And, uh, I've, I've, uh, gotten found clients. I've met new friends. I've expanded my network and I've learned so much through the journey. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, like we learned in one of our least listened to episodes, I'm just going to keep plugging on our old episodes here, but, um, uh, Valerie Condos field, the, um, who was a a, a gymnast? Uh, or, sorry, not a gymnast, but a gymnastics coach from UCLA. We heard her last year at a conference, um, and she was all about just make the ask. You know, they could say no, but yeah, you got to give them the opportunity to say no. You mm-hmm. know, absolutely. So that's fantastic. So um, kudos, Chief, for at least asking Simon um, to come on.
2: <laughs> you know, well, I'm actually inspired because I connected with one of his friends. A couple days ago, we had a great chat. He's coming on the podcast soon. Oh, nice. And in our first conversation, he mentioned that, he, I don't know how it came up. He was friends with Simon Sinek and that they were having drinks that evening. And I said, <laughs> could you put a word and just see if you want to come on the podcast? Hey. I haven't heard back from him since then, but we'll see. Well, you
1: never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, well, Andy, with all the work that you're doing, um, what do you see as the biggest issue leaders are dealing with day to day?
2: Like the biggest challenge for leaders in the business world, you will? I, I, I think that it's, um, you know, there's just so much going on. There's so many things to do. There's so many distractions. And uh, with all of that, all of the work that's being asked of people, the distractions coming their way uh, for leaders, if we're thinking about leaders in terms of managers, um, they're also being asked to manage people. And most people who get, into management or are promoted into a manager position are doing so or getting that promotion because they were really good at the job they had before, but they don't have any experience or possibly even skills around managing people. And I think that creates a really big challenge. And then you factor in um, the idea that a lot of them are still being asked to do the job they were doing before or some other tasks with all the distractions. And then by the way, uh, we expect that you're going to have one-on-ones with all your direct reports you know, every week or every month and put those in. And you have no idea how to do that, how to be an effective coach. Uh, good luck. And so I think that's, that's probably when I'm out there talking to people about what's going on. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge for leaders. And then the second, which is related to that, would be uh, engaging and keeping great people because it's so easy for people to move around now. And if they don't like their manager, they don't like their job, they don't like their culture, they don't really stick it out. They tend to just jump ship and, and go find another job.
0: You know, way too many people that are great uh, process, maybe process managers, but not people managers are never given the tools. Right. That uh, does, does never changes. Right. <laughs> some yeah. of these things we talk about technology and things change, but you know what, some of the people issues 20 years in this bad management, or I shouldn't say bad management, poor management, just because they're not given the proper tools and skills.
2: Yeah, we just assume just, that people. It's, it's
0: just a wheel, spinning
2: wheel. Yeah, we just assume people will be able to figure that out, right? Managing people—that's a natural thing. Well, but, sure. <laughs> you know, you're a good, you're a great, and and the promote, but the promotion logic is you're a great software engineer, so we want you to spend less time coding and more time teaching other software engineers. It makes sense because you could have a bigger impact. But if you have no people skills and you may no no desire. To, right. to be teaching people then you're really you're doing them a disservice and you know people end up a, in a tough position and sometimes people feel obligated to accept those positions it's higher salary they got student loans whatever it is um and it may not be the right fit or they just don't get the right training for it
0: story of our lives, <laughs>
2: <Story> <laughs> of our lives. you've seen this tape before
0: absolutely well i've lived this i you know I, when i was kind of thrust into leadership Thankfully I was fortunate my first leadership role that I had a management team that was behind me and, and knew that I had technical skill, right? I was a recruiter and I was gonna be leading other recruiters, but they made sure that they gave me time to they gave me time to fail and they gave me time to improve mm. and they also gave me tools to improve. Yeah. And look at that, you know, I always say that that period that experience, the first several months of that were the hardest in my career ever. I was dealing with people that had been in a company for 20 plus years and I was the new guy, I'd been there 2 years. Hmm. And that's even a, you know, it's a whole different level of challenge. New leader, fairly new to the company, young punk in most people's eyes. Like I said, I was really fortunate to be given a lot of tools to to do something and be successful, but I certainly have seen a lot of people to your point, you know, hey, you're good at this, you got to be better at this. Well, guess what? It's not not always the case. Right. Yep, not always the case. I'd like to back bounce back to podcasting for a minute because sure. it's you know it's it's my great love these days and and again we we love doing these crossovers with uh, other podcasters. You know, you talked a bit about some of the successes you've seen from from doing a podcast. How did you first get started though? Like what was the draw or how did you say, "Hey, I'm going to hit play or record"? Right, I'm going to start. How did you get started and then? You keep doing it and you've got multiple. Let me talk a little bit about, you know, the different yeah. shows that you do have and, and why you do them all.
2: Yeah, I, I we have a shared passion. I love it too. I, You know, I've been doing it for about three years, so not a terribly long time compared to some people I know. But I go to podcast conferences. I have just dozens and dozens of maybe more friends who are podcasters. Uh, and now I'm grateful to count you as friends as well. Um, and just building the network within the podcast space is amazing. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. My wife got me into them originally, probably back in, I don't know, the 2005 long time back when podcasts were just starting. We used to listen to a lot of the NPR podcasts. They were they had kind of the the biggest and best back in the day Um, and uh, would listen, you know, sports, investing and a lot of news and and things like that. And uh, it was about uh, three years ago where I was in a, um, I I started to get really into personal development. I was in consulting, started to get really into personal development. And I joined this mastermind group. uh, So kind of a group coaching program for those not familiar with it. um, As part of a dad's group that I belong to called the Dad Edge. And um, part of that group program was a challenge. Everybody had to set a really big 90-day goal, and they were going to be held accountable to that. And I had no idea what to do. I don't know where the idea came from, but I just, I've been listening to a podcast for a long time. I've kind of thought about starting one. Now is probably the time. And I finally met a few podcasters uh, and so I had a little bit of you know mentorship guidance and I decided to, to start a podcast about entrepreneurship, like I said uh, before, um, and I, I went out and I, I read several ebooks on the topic. I took a course called uh, Free Podcast Course by John Lee Dumas, who has a, a huge podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire, EO Fire, um, and uh, went through that a couple of times. And then, you know, like I said, phoned a couple of friends who had podcasts and just started doing interviews. And uh, I think I probably recorded like 20 interviews before I finally went live because I was deathly afraid of what they call the pod fade where people start podcasts and then they they record like three or four episodes and then they disappear. Right. And I was like, this is not going to happen to me. Um, So I always had this really big um, kind of lag. And I was also working a full time job and editing them myself, as I think you do. So it, uh, I can relate to all the work that went into it. Uh, but I, I just, I fell in love with it because of I, I've, I have such a natural curiosity. I love asking people questions, learning about things, getting to know people, networking, and I got to know so many great people. And so then I started the, when I made this move to become more of an independent consultant, and I wanted to expand my network and knowledge in that space. You know, that's why I thought, okay, I'll, I'll start a podcast about talent development. And uh, it has worked fantastically, like we already talked about. I mean, I can point to uh, people in talent development who I wanted to get to know, and I had reached out to over email or LinkedIn to have conversations, um, you know, in a sales context, of course, right? Because I sell and run training and development programs for my main business, and I would get no response, and then I would invite them on the podcast, and uh, it would get booked, right? And then we'd we'd have a conversation, we'd build a relationship. Uh, So I found it a great way to cut through the noise. Uh, and I also, uh, along the way, I think it was after I went to Podcast Movement, which is the biggest podcast conference, uh, it was in Philadelphia in 2018, I decided that I, I, I loved entrepreneurship, but I love so many more things, especially in the personal development space. And so I wanted to change my entrepreneur podcast and a friend uh, to be more about personal development. I couldn't decide what to call it or what niche to focus on. And uh, my friend, Reggie Shaw said, why don't you just call it the Andy Storch Show? And I said, well, who am I? to do that. And he said, who are you not? Why wouldn't you? I was like, all right, fine. You got, I, I got me there. I can't really argue with that. And so I did. And uh, that's been a great run because I've been able to just do whatever I want with that interview. Interesting people, uh, especially on talent development or sorry, personal development. And I've gotten really interested in the topic of fear and where, where and how fear holds people back, uh, especially fear of judgment, fear of failure um, ego, things like that. Um, I love diving into those topics and sharing some of the things I've had going on. Um, especially as I try so many different things like this podcast that I've been running the talent development hot seat has grown. And as you mentioned in the, in the intro, uh, I'm also hosting a conference in the talent development space that grew out of this podcast as well. And it's just about of growing the network and then being willing to put stuff out there and, and try things. And then, the last thing I'll just say is most importantly i've already said this a few times, but I've made so many friends you know through this this effort, both who've been on the podcast and going to conferences and things It's just been uh, such a great um, you know journey and so i'm I'm grateful for it and I'm always excited to talk about podcasting
1: <laughs> yeah it's It's one of our favorite things when we can get to uh, do crossover shows because you can talk to someone who's actually doing the work that we're doing as well. In, in a different way, so yeah, we obviously love what we're doing here as well. Um, you know, you mentioned your conference that's coming up, and so that was one of the things that you and I talked about a little bit when uh, when we chatted earlier. But um, really want to talk about a little bit more about your talent development think tank and uh, kind of you know beyond just hey, I have a podcast and I've got a bunch of people I want to get together <laughs> with. Right. How, you know, talk about that process of coming up with, yeah, I want to put on an actual conference and bring people uh, together physically.
2: Yeah, such a, such a huge endeavor, scary, risky, uh, but totally worth it. Yeah. And we're in an interesting situation right now that happens in the podcast world. We are recording this just before the conference happens, but it sounds like this will air after the, After, conference. Yeah. Looking, it was really great. Gotta, it was, like, awesome it was so good. Yeah. I it was amazing. Um, I hope I hope that's true. So, no issues. Guys, but, Everyone showed up. Yeah, exactly. It was cool. Everybody had fun. Good connections. A lot. Uh, it was great. Um, we, uh, you know, as this was growing and I was making connections, uh, I have a very good friend uh, named Bennett Phillips who re- who recruited me into this, um, you know, consulting space and. He kind of I think he came up with the idea originally that, you know, maybe we should start hosting some events. And we were thinking smaller events. And then we said, you know, maybe we just try to host a conference. Yeah, that's right, buddy. My son just walked in um, before you get with evening recordings. So uh, we said, let's try to host a conference. And we came up with the name. I remember it was back in February of 2019. And we decided to call the Talent Development Think Tank because we wanted it to be about bringing people together to make connections networking um learning and really what the impetus was uh is that as you can tell i'm big into networking i go to a lot of conferences i invest a lot of my money and my time in going to conferences to network and meet people and learn stuff and in the hr space in the training space learning and development space quite frankly i found most of them to be really boring it was just all <laughs> death by powerpoint and uh you know just sage on the stage, listening to speaker after speaker and not a lot of opportunity to connect with people or really learn from the other people in the room. And there's so much knowledge in the room from other people there. uh, And I just thought we could do something better, right? I, my main business is connecting companies with really great learning programs, mostly experiential learning programs. I believe in the power of, you know, experience and, and moving around discovery based learning. I thought we could do more of that. And so we decided to put this conference out there. We put up a great website, uh, you know, decided the price and all that stuff and started networking and telling everybody we knew. And it was for the first two or three months, mostly crickets of like nobody (laughs) buying tickets. Um, Everybody said like, oh, this is a great idea, but I'm busy or they just wouldn't respond or whatever it is. And we had to start, you know, questioning, was this a good idea? And I was never really afraid of of failure with it because I wanted, I knew that I needed to try And if it didn't work out, we'd at least learn something. But, um, you know, slowly ticket sales started to trickle in. And uh, come August or so, uh, we started to see a big onslaught of of people buying tickets. Um, You know, at that point, we're about two months out. So it was originally scheduled for early November. And uh, by August, we started seeing ticket sales come in. September really picked up. And by October, we had actually sold out uh, of the 120 seats, I think, that we had room for in our ballroom. And it was kind of like a moment of shock. Like, wait a minute. We, uh, we didn't know if we could pull this off. We had big goals, but uh, you know, this thing to actually be full, we're actually turning people away. We started a wait list and we had like 90 people on the wait list or something at at, at one point. And we, you know, how do we do that? And oh, and and eventually uh, what happened, I mentioned it was supposed to be in November and now it's in January, is that it's in Sonoma, California. And for those that have been following the news may remember, there were some really bad wildfires out there. And uh, the fires came into town in Santa Rosa. Our hotel was evacuated about a week before the conference uh, was supposed to happen. And we had to make the very difficult decision to send an email out to 130 people and say, I know you're, you know, you're about to jump on a plane to California, but uh, we have to postpone this conference because we don't know if the hotel is going to be open or not. And so we decided to postpone it uh, and then found this new date in January Uh, and, uh, we lost a few people along the way that couldn't make the new dates. We sold, we were able to sell some more tickets and, uh, everything, like I said, the conference went great. Everything's working out well. Um, (laughs) but you know, how did we do this? Two guys, uh, you know, that are not necessarily insiders in talent development go and put this conference together. Uh, we had a lot of support, a lot of help. Uh, we have some sponsors that are in the space. We booked some really great keynote speakers, that I think were the main attraction, you know, there may be a couple people that are coming for us, but we have uh, Josh Burson giving our opening keynote speech, who is well-known in the HR space. Uh, We've got Liz Weissman speaking, who is the author of uh, Multipliers. It's a huge sensation in talent development. Uh, Julie Winkle Giuliani, who may not be as well-known. She's got a great book called Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go and kind of a cult following. And then Michael Bungay-Stanier, who has written the book, The Coaching Habit, among others, uh, and he's got a big following as well. So getting some great speakers was really helpful. And then just putting it out to the networks that we've been building for a long time. Uh, and uh, it has worked out. Like I said, it's come together. And I know we're going to be doing uh, many more in the future because I just love... I love bringing people together. I love connecting people. And I know that a lot of that is going to happen or did happen at Think Tank.
1: <laughs> That That is fantastic. So we'll have to pay attention and maybe we can... Uh work out some way to get the HR Social Hour there next year.
2: That would be fantastic.
1: (laughs) That would be a lot of fun.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast is brought to you by our friends at Humoriso. Humoriso strategizes with companies to develop plans to manage talent, recruit for skill gaps based on employee inventories, assess markets for growth, develop long-range succession plans and influence a culture of enthusiastic buy-in. They handle all facets of organizational development and provide strategic direction to their clients. Humoriso provides outsourced human resources services, including their flagship HRO plan, which helps businesses save money, increase productivity, and reduce legal risks by providing dedicated HR consulting for compliance, training, performance management, employee relations, workplace management, discipline, and other important HR best practices. To learn more and to schedule a time to speak with a Humoriso consultant, you can visit them at Humoriso.com. Thanks again, Humoriso, for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. And now, back to the show.
1: All right, and we are back. Andy, now is the time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. So, cool. um, Our first question is, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? Uh,
2: When I was a child, I wanted nothing more than to be a professional baseball player. There was, um, I was a big football fan as well, but uh, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I was a huge Cubs fan. Uh, Ryan Sandberg was my hero for anybody who remembers uh, watching baseball back in the late 80s, early 90s. (laughs) And uh, that's what I wanted to do as I grew older um, and got towards high school or got into high school. Uh, I realized that that was a dream I was probably not going to accomplish. And I set my sights on becoming a civil engineer instead. I really loved roads and trains and bridges. And uh, so I decided that civil engineer would be a great career. And I declared that major and I went to college and I joined a fraternity and I started having a lot of fun, and I didn't quite make it through a couple of the important <laughs> classes um, necessary. Um, really, the the funny thing about that is that I was, you know, to be a generator, you think physics, math, calculus, and I nailed all of those. I, I got the the top score on the AP test and stuff, uh, but you had to pass one chemistry class in college to get that degree, and I could not <laughs> and so i changed my major to uh something more business it related i don't know you know it just uh it didn't quite work out but you know we don't always achieve our original dreams but i am living a dream life now i think
0: awesome andy who's one person you gained in your network in the last year you think more people should know
2: you know i'm going to go with one that is very recent and she is Already pretty popular, but I don't think she's well known enough. Uh, her name is Claude Silver, and she is the Chief Heart Officer at Vayner Media, which is a, a digital media company based in New York City. They've got about eight hundred employees or so it's run by uh, the company run by Gary Vaynerchuk, who's very big on social media uh, has a huge following. Um, I got to meet her and and, and interview her on my podcast uh, not too long ago and was very lucky to get to do it in person. Because she is just a phenomenal human being, uh, just so big on empathy and love and um, just understanding yourself and really connecting and supporting everyone around you. Uh, I was just blown away by everything she talked about and everything she does. And uh, I'm meeting with her again soon in a couple of weeks. And I think more people need to know about her, especially in the HR space, because she is just phenomenal. And I think she's really uh, a leader in this space um, that is going to uh, make a big impact and help a lot of people.
1: I, I, I listened to that uh, that interview fairly recently. Actually, it was great. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think she's someone that uh, everyone should um, should know and um, and follow. Yeah. So, Andy, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them?
2: There's so many things I could say. And actually, when I host my podcast, the last question I ask all my guests is what's one piece of advice you would give someone in HR or talent development who wants to accelerate their career. And I've put together a a document of all the <laughs> advice that I've collected from uh, from all those people. And it's just so much fantastic advice. But for me, it's easy. The number one piece of advice that I'll always give for anybody in HR or any career is to build your network. Uh, you know, get to know people within your company and different departments, get to know people outside of your company, uh, learn as much as you can about what people are doing, connect with people, build those relationships because you never know what's going to happen down the line. And you know, you may be looking for a new job at some point and you don't want to be starting out when you're desperate. You want to build the network now, dig the well before you're thirsty as they say, uh, and have that network that you can go to and just focus on giving to people and learning as much as you can. And, Uh, It's going to pay off. People will help you. I've seen it work so well for me over the years and everybody else I know who's been out there building a network. Um, It's just, I think it's one of the most important things you can do.
0: Andy, speaking of giving back, how do you enjoy giving back to the talent development community?
2: How do I enjoy giving back? Uh, I, I think it's, through the podcast, primarily, you know, conducting interviews and putting content out there regularly, both on LinkedIn and especially through the podcast. You know, one of the thing, ways I would think about it, refer to it early on, was that, you know, most people in talent development, if there's any profession where people are interested in continuous learning, right, it's HR and talent development. And a lot of people enjoy going to conferences to learn, but usually only have the budget or time for maybe one, maybe two conferences a year. So, my idea for this was let's make it a conference in your pocket where you have those great speakers with you and you can listen to them on your commute anytime. And uh, I just, I'm blown away sometimes by all the great emails and messages I get from people in the talent development community who tell me how grateful they are for that content and how much they learn and how they use it for uh, the decisions they make in their organizations. Or somebody in the Army reached out to me recently and told me that he used my podcast for like a master's thesis. It's really cool to see. I love doing it, and I know it's helping people. So I think that's the the primary way that I'm giving back or putting, you know, giving value.
0: I'm going to borrow content in your pocket, if I may.
2: I content like that in your pocket, yeah, take it with you. I'm sure that I you know it. I probably didn't yeah. invent that. I don't know.
0: No, but it sounds great. I hadn't heard anybody use it, so thank you very much. Oh, I'm going
2: yeah.
1: to <laughs> definitely. That is a good one, um, Andy. What is your favorite movie?
2: Growing up, the baseball reference, I always said my all-time favorite movie was Field of Dreams uh, with Kevin Costner. Um, but uh, lately, I have been uh, a strong advocate or the strong opinion that not only my my favorite movie is the movie Moana, and I think not only is it my favorite movie, I think it's the greatest movie of all time. I believe it uh, has a great story. It teaches a wonderful lesson uh, to everyone. I think that uh, she goes about life with a growth mindset, which is something that I'm trying to teach my children and uh i don't know something that makes me cry every time
1: it's a good movie uh i i can't hear any of the songs without the entire soundtrack going through my head
2: right it's a great soundtrack too you're welcome
1: it really is we uh yeah we oh yeah you cannot say you're welcome in my house without
2: (laughs) going through the whole song song yeah yep. (laughs) how about
0: your favorite musician
2: or band uh for me it is dave matthews band um kind of has been since college and that hasn't changed i mean there's lots of bands i like uh but if i had to take one set of music with me you know to that deserted island it would be dave matthews band the whole collection uh they are just amazing
1: good choice uh and you're in good company we had we have a few others that uh, on the show that have said dave matthews band
2: nice well they're pretty popular for a reason
1: yes i actually got to see them uh earlier this year they were in um in South Dakota and my company had a special, uh, employee only concert. So,
2: wow. that's
1: Yeah, nice. it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, we're a large organization, so you had to, you know, only so many tickets were handed out, but I, I was fortunate yeah. to be, uh, get one of those tickets and my husband and I went to a concert on a Sunday night, which, Yeah, I'm getting a little old
2: for that. That is a really cool perk. It just reminds me one time I was, you know, I run a lot of these uh, programs, leadership development programs and stuff for clients. I was running one once for a a software company in Boston and they got, there were about 60 of us and they got everybody tickets to the U2 concert that we got to go see U2 and it was phenomenal. It's one of those things, it was about five years ago, so maybe 2014-ish, something like that. Um, that, you know, U2 was one of my favorite bands growing up in the 80s and 90s. And then thinking, I haven't really listened to them in a while. Will they still be relevant? Will I still like it? And the concert was just phenomenal. Bono was incredible. Uh, One of the best concerts I've ever been to. So they still got it.
1: Awesome. Uh, How about your favorite TV show?
2: I don't really watch much TV. I've got uh, got a lot of stuff going on, uh, running a business, hosting two podcasts, Uh, I try to hit the gym every day, Uh, I've got two children, and I'm also writing a book this year as well, Uh, so there's not a lot of time for television. Um, But I will say that my all-time favorite show is Seinfeld, uh, without question, Uh, I've seen every episode multiple times, and uh, my wife and I often uh, engage in Seinfeld trivia and uh, talk about our favorite episodes.
0: I think it's safe to say, in the last two months, Andy, we've had three or four people talk about Seinfeld. Yeah. Seem like This Is Us or the Murder Shows, the hmm. Datelines were the most popular things you heard about. Yeah. But Seinfeld is Seinfeld's picking up the mantle and is is come ahead, and I'm happy to see that because yeah, I've never
2: seen This Is Us, and I don't like the Murder Shows, so which is way. amazing because we're we're recording this in 2020. I'm not going to look over and look it up, but I'm going to guess Seinfeld went off the air in like 98 or 99 or something. It's been over yeah, it's been 20 long years. Long 20 it's still yep. highly relevant. Still, you know, people yep. recite it. Yep. I mean, I think, you know, Larry David, the creator of that show, I just still think it's the best writing of all time. It gives me goosebumps to think about the episodes and just how things connect. You know, as a student of literature and just loving great stories. How every episode, you know, they would weave in two or three stories that would always connect with this just incredible punchline at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, shows for the last two decades have been trying to recreate that. and, And many of them just haven't gotten anywhere close. It's just one of the best, if not the best show of all time.
0: I think you started to answer this question a little bit. Andy, but if you're not watching Moana, if you're not watching, listening rather to Dave Matthews or watching Seinfeld when I I know you just say don't watch a lot anymore, what else do you like to do outside of work?
2: Uh, So outside of work, uh, you know, spending time with my, with my kids and my family is important. Um, I'm really big into health and fitness. So um, I I work out six to seven days a week. Uh, I I go to the YMCA near me. I I ride a bike. uh, I lift weights. I do a lot of yoga. Uh, And so that's, uh, that's a big part of my life. Uh, I also love traveling, and so I travel a lot for business. I guess I'm I'm lucky in that respect. You know, being in being consulting, I get to to travel and visit a lot of different cities. And I have because I've built a big network. I usually have friends to visit, so I'm often going out with friends. You know, connecting, getting a beer, and and catching up, things like that. And then love traveling with my family as well when we when we get those opportunities. So I would say, uh, fitness and travel probably the two the two passions outside of all the stuff I'm building uh, with work and the podcast and all that stuff.
1: Finally, it's Andy Storch day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate?
2: Oh my gosh. What are we doing on Andy Storch day? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like, I kind of wish I I know you sent questions ahead of time and I didn't think too much about it. I kind of wish I had prepared for this. And I'm also glad I didn't (laughs) um, because I think I love the, I love the gut reaction to some of these. So, here are some of my gut reactions. Number one, I'm very big into personal development, personal discovery, self-awareness. So people are going to take the time to get to know themselves. They're going to do some self-awareness. They're going to start with some meditation, some mindfulness. Um, they're going to have conversations with friends, colleagues, and um, you know, some, spend some time reflecting, getting to know their strengths, their weaknesses, who they are, uh, who they really want to be, what kind of career they really want to have. Uh, and that's the, kind of the impetus of the book that I'm writing right now. Uh, and then we are going to move. We're going to get active. We're going to do some yoga and, uh, <laughs> we're going to finish the day just getting everybody together. Um, everybody's going to have drinks and socialize and have fun and, uh, just enjoy life.
0: One part we always ought to
2: know is what are you going to be eating? What are we going to be eating with on with are going to eat with
0: drinks? Yeah. What are we going to
2: eat? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Probably, you know, we're going to have a have a good steak in there somewhere, maybe a ribeye medium rare, bone in. Um that's dinner. Um we'll have some Brussels sprouts because I eat those all the time and I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I don't know. There's a lot of good food out there, but I'll just I'll stick with the ribeye.
0: Sounds like a plan. Like well, it. Andy. Yeah, Andy, I I want to congratulate you for surviving the question connection and <laughs> surviving the conversation at large. You know, again, we we're so appreciative of of what you're doing and how you're doing it, the fact that we get to do these crossovers again, so much fun! I'm sure there's some of the listeners that that are hearing you here that maybe don't know, didn't know you before. What's the best way for them to reach you out there via social media?
2: Well, I am. I try to be all over the place. Uh, so I've got the two podcasts: the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Andy Storch Show. Uh, the tagline for that is "Starve Your Fears." So if you're into personal development and you want to get more past fear and follow your dreams, um, that's a good one. Uh, I spend. Most of my time on LinkedIn. So please do connect with me there. Follow me there. I'm doing more of my interviews live on there, posting content every day. Um, But I also post regularly on Instagram and Facebook and a little bit on Twitter. I know both of you are really active on Twitter. Um, Sad to say Twitter is like my number four. So you have to teach me. You have to teach me how to get more value, give more value and get more value out of Twitter. Um, I love Instagram, Facebook, and especially LinkedIn. So you can find me there.
0: We will have that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you?
1: Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. The second and fourth Sunday of each month, we host a Twitter chat on um, at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So please join us on Twitter. And Andy, that is a great way to uh, learn the value of Twitter. That's uh, where John and I first connected. And uh, actually, Twitter chats is how I learned to use Twitter. So- I'll have to get in there. Yeah, little plug for the show and, and learning a little bit more about Twitter. But um, so, yeah, how about you, John?
0: First off, again, want to thank Humoriso for sponsoring this month and this episode. And as for me, HR Social Hour Podcast. Podbean.com, top left hand side of the screen, three little lines. They call it the hamburger, apparently. Uh, open that up. You can find access to all my social accounts there and find uh, old episodes. That episode of Valerie Condos Field, bringing it up again. If you haven't heard it, you need to listen. But uh, listen, rate, review, share, everything you do to help boost the signal, we appreciate. Uh, We'll certainly let you know, too, when uh, our episode with Andy of his show comes out. But again, Andy, really appreciate you being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect,
0: give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.
2: Bye.